everyone, and welcome to the Midday Tea with NAZ Elite. I'm Veronica, one of the team's interns for the summer, and today we're talking to Scott Smith, who will be racing the Frankfurt Marathon in October, along with his NAZ Elite teammates Matt Yano and Scott Fobble. And in just a couple months, Scott's going to be running the Frankfurt Marathon. So what are your thoughts on that just in general, like training thoughts, all that? I'm really excited about it. Uh, the main reason I chose to do Frankfurt um, is because it's a really good opportunity to run fast. Um, should be good conditions. And then with Matt and Scott also doing it, having a few training partners doing the same buildup will be, um, I think, really helpful. And kind of similar to the when we were training for the Olympic trials environment, which was a great training environment. I really enjoyed training during that time. Um, rather than having to go out there on your own and do workouts up by yourself, this would be really nice to have other people out there doing the same stuff and dragging each other along. So it'll be Fob's debut marathon. So have you mm -hmm. talked to him about what it, like what he should be expecting in his first marathon buildup? Yeah, I think he's uh, like cautiously. <laughs> scared of it um but in a good way i think with matt and i this will be both of our six marathons i think and matt has done them all under ben and i've done four under ben so i think scott will be more than capable of handling it and then with matt and myself being kind of somewhat veterans of ben's build-up i think it'll be like he'll have any questions he wants answered um available so I think he'll be fine. I'll, he'll probably kick our butts in most of them. So. <laughs> he just he just wants everything to be really hard, and I think he picked the right event for that. <laughs> and this will be your first marathon since the trials. So Correct. what was the thought process in not waiting about a year and a half in between marathons? I just got kind of burnt on the marathon a little bit. Um, I had done three in, I think, like the span of 11 months, and they're all warm. Um, I had done LA... Maybe it was the span of a year. I guess it was a year because it was the previous LA I ran with Matt and it, we just kind of got like a random hot day. And then I ran the World Champs Marathon. That was the 2015 US Champs LA Marathon. Um, just didn't have a good one there. And then felt like I was in really good shape but just didn't put it together. And then did the World Champs Marathon in Beijing. And that was kind of a tough marathon to gauge kind of where I was at even because I, I did that whole buildup in the summer in Oklahoma, so it was really warm and humid, and I was running workouts slower than I was even at altitude, so I didn't really know where I was at in terms of fitness going in, and then it was another expectedly hot and humid day, because it was in Beijing, um, so I, it went okay, but it was just kind of another hot one, another kind of brutal recovery process, and then again, the trials ended up being a warm one, that's by far the, the fittest I've ever been, so it was kind of frustrating to get that fit. And, I mean, I feel like I showed my fitness. I just didn't run I, – I didn't place as high as I would have liked. Um, so kind of just focus on some other stuff. When Ben doesn't like you to race a whole lot during your marathon buildups, and that's what I like to do. I like to compete and race. So it was nice to kind of take a year plus off of a marathon and just get more races and do some shorter stuff. I 
PR in the 10K and the half marathon this past year. So that was, those are some pretty old PRs. My half marathon PR was actually from the first one I'd ever ran. So it was nice wow. to get, get that one back down. Um, so yeah, that was kind of it. Now kind of in the process of getting excited about running a marathon again. And is Frankfurt expected to be warm? It'll be cool temperatures, am I right? I hope so, yeah. <laughs> it's October. It's late October, and that was kind of the, not the only deciding factor, but one of the, the biggest ones was that it was the best chance of being good conditions. Got uh, it. Yeah. Cool. So it'll be nice to have cooler weather rather than really hot, yeah. humid, sticky weather. Yeah, it'll be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it, because I think it, it makes quite a difference over the course of a marathon, so... It's just kind of a, a bummer when you feel like you're super fit and then, I mean, obviously everyone in the field has to deal with it. It's a bummer for them as well, but when you train to run a fast time or whatever it may be and then something outside of your control kind of um, gets in the way. So we're trying to minimize those factors as much as possible with going to Frankfurt. Got it. So last year you got 14th at both the marathon trials and the track 10K trials. Yeah. So what was that like competing at both trials? Because that's obviously a huge, you know, training-wise, physically, but also mentally getting ready for this huge race. Yeah, it was cool um, for me. I mean, I had never ran an Olympic trials before 2016. I, I missed <clears throat> the 2012 trials on the track. I wasn't ready for the marathon, or I didn't, hadn't even ran a half yet, actually. Ran half the Houston half marathon the day after the 2012 trials. Got it. And so it was like kind of a joke on the McMillan team. I was like, oh, Scott finally got his qualifier because I ran 63 minutes and you uh -huh. remember 65. Okay. <laughs> and like everyone else on the team, whether or not they ran the trials, had like had a, a qualifier in the tent because you could qualify in the tent at that time too. So uh -huh. they had some sort of qualifier. I was like the only guy on the team that didn't have one. So like, oh, he finally got it day late. Um, <laughs> but I knew in 2016 the marathon was probably going to be. Uh, my best shot and I know that it was and then not that I wasn't unconfident stepping on the line of the track trials but that was kind of a big deal for me just to make it there um, obviously I went out there with the intention of competing to the highest level and placing as high as possible but I kind of knew that um, my shot had been in the marathon and when I sat down with Ben afterwards I we kind of talked about like what experiences I wanted to have in this sport and I had ran the Olympic trials at Hayward Field before and I'd, I'd ran U.S. championships there before and a couple meets in college but there's just something different about the Olympic trials so that was really cool for me to kind of actually accomplish getting to that start line and run the Olympic trials in front of that crowd and that kind of environment was as close for me so far as like the pinnacle of the sport as I've got obviously Running the Olympics would be even better, but um, just running in front of a crowd that's so appreciative um, of what's happening and kind of what's transpiring on the track was really fun for me to be a part of. And I heard that during the race, um, Addison, Coach Ben's daughter, started crying because you weren't yeah. lead. Yeah, I found I that very cute that. and funny. Yeah, yeah. I think I also shaved, too, and she doesn't like it when I don't have a beard, so, yeah. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Normally, I make, like, kids just cry when they see me, but it's nice <laughs> The reason she cried was because she liked me so much. <laughs> well, I could just cry because, yeah, I don't know. They don't like me, but, yeah. So now we're going to backtrack. So I'm going to go all the way back to whenever you started running in okay. your high school and college experiences because I feel like that's not terribly well documented. Yeah. Um, so I went to a high school called Dana Hills in California and um, 
it was a big high school. It was like 3,000 kids or something. And the cross-country team was probably the most successful um, team on campus. So I always wanted to play. I always did play other sports growing up and wanted to play them in high school. But um, I was always kind of would have to do the PE mile in middle school and knew I was somewhat decent at running. Um, so I ended up going out for cross-country in the fall and doing well as the top freshman and almost made varsity and the team was really I think they got third in state that year which wow. was pretty good um and then so it was kind of exciting to be on a team that was actually good and competitive at, mm-hmm. at something um at a high school level so it wasn't like cross country was a cool sport at our high school but it also wasn't like we weren't like super cross country nerds because we were like it was, it was really weird since we went to a really big high school the major sports programs were some of the worst like the basketball and football teams were terrible because it was a public school so a lot of the private schools would get the kind of better kids got it in those sports so it's kind of like okay well like yeah but we're we do better um so it was and it was just such a big school you could kind of find your own kind of niche so i found it in cross country and then Played basketball freshman year as well, and then played. I grew up playing volleyball as well, and then when I went in high in California high school, boys volleyball and track is the same season. Got it. And my cross country coach's son had played volleyball, and my cross country coach loved volleyball, and so I was like, kind of, I was like, I, I can do both. Like, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal as long as I make all the um, games and meets. And the cross track coach, who the cross country coach is also a track coach, was like, "Yeah, that's fine if you clear with the volleyball coach." And the volleyball coach wouldn't let me run track as a freshman, so I, I didn't run track freshman year. And then, but then after that, the subsequent years, like sophomore year, I played ball, JV volleyball and track, and then varsity volleyball junior and senior year and ran track. Wow. Um, I dropped basketball because it was pretty evident I wasn't going anywhere with that. <laughs> but so then I wasn't super sure I wanted to run in college after that. Um, I had a had a good high school career. Um, it was like had was on some really good teams. I really enjoyed being on the cross country and track teams, and I didn't know that if I, you know, I was maybe content at the time to have that be my running career because I is a good experience and I had gotten into the schools I'd wanted to go to um, academically so I wasn't super concerned about having to rely on um, running to get into school so but then I had kind of a breakout senior track season and I ran some times that were more kind of in line with go, running at a division one school <clears throat> but then so I ended up going to UC Santa Barbara also where um, Steph went mm-hmm. and um they weren't like a necessary powerhouse or anything, but they were near the beach and I really liked that. And I knew a lot of the guys on the team from, they're kind of from my area because there's a lot of California guys because out of state tuition is so expensive. So it was kind of like, like, like a lot of guys I had raced it with or against were there. So I had some familiarity with it. Um, didn't have a very good <laughs> freshman year. I ran the, the time trial standard to make the team as a freshman was a 9.45-3200, and I had ran 9.06 that spring in high school. 
I was like, oh, that's 40 seconds. Like, I don't really need to train that hard. Like, it should be, that should be a piece of cake. So I didn't really train that summer. Just came in and didn't make the time. But fortunately, the coach took me, um, still took me, to, like, to the Mammoth camp and let me on the team. And then um, I eventually kind of raced somewhat into shape. And then freshman track season was kind of another disaster. I was actually in decent shape and won the first meet that I ever it was a really low key like try meet but I, I won the 1500 I was really excited I was like oh man like I'm gonna redeem myself from cross country and then I tried the steeplechase and I broke my arm in the second one I ran oh, so gosh. that kind of derailed the track season I had kind of disaster there and then I kind of made the same mistake again going into sophomore year I just didn't train that summer and this time the coach was like you know if you're not gonna train like you're out of here so um I actually got cut that um, sophomore cross-country season because I didn't make the time trial but um, so it's kind of like this I was faced with like okay like you can walk away from this like you don't really owe the program or the coach anything since he didn't waste a spot on you to get in but I didn't I mean I don't know if I was mature enough or maybe just stubborn enough where I was like I don't I can't leave it like that like I I want to prove that I can do this so <laughs> again red, ended up redshirting that year but technically I was like not on the team um, and then I ended up kind of, again, getting in shape. And then sophomore going to track, I started taking more seriously. And I made regional with those sophomore, which was really exciting for me. And then from then on, I mean, there were speed bumps, but the rest of the way I was always training hard and kind of <clears throat> back into good graces. And then it's kind of a similar story to the end of high school. I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't know if I wanted to run after college. I just didn't know if I could or what that looked like. And I was really ignorant naive to the whole post-collegiate running um, world and environment and then didn't have any huge times um, kind of until my senior year I ran 10 calendar track and the first one I ran in 2835 which got some attention from some post-collegiate groups it wasn't like I was getting hounded by shoe companies to come run for them but I got attention from the McMillan group that was in town at the time in Flagstaff and the team on the East Coast, and then one other uh, group. But, um, yeah, I kind of knew, like, I knew, I was from, again, I was familiar with the McMillan team since it was closer. A lot of guys from California that had ratings in college were on the team, so, again, there's some familiarity there. And it was just closer, and I kind of knew, or not knew, but just thought that altitude was something that could kind of, that I had never done before that could potentially kind of up my running a little bit more so it's kind of how I ended up in Flagstaff and then when the McMillan team dissolved I moved to Oklahoma with my girlfriend who was starting medical school at the time um, and then didn't really know that was the end of 2013 I ran a marathon under Greg McMillan because I knew the team was done and if I had to be on my own I kind of wanted to at least have that template of because Greg's a very successful marathon coach <clears throat> moving forward if I were to do it on my own um, so didn't really go as well as I would have liked um, was kind of up in there with what I was going to do with running if I wanted to keep doing it or not and then um, Ben had Rosario had started to coach a couple athletes in town like Matt and Jordan um, and they were starting to have some good success. And then that January, because I ran a marathon that December 2013, and I think January is when Matt ran, like, 
61 minutes and a half. And then the next month, Amy, I think, won the U.S. Cross Country Championships under Ben. And I was like, man, this guy. And I knew Ben. We were friends from in town. And he worked for Greg. So our paths crossed a lot. And But I didn't really consider him, like, potentially as my coach. And then I kind of saw the success he was having with athletes that I knew in town and asked if he'd start to coach me. And it kind of just started off as, like, since I wasn't in town, he just would give me, like, an outline of, workouts for a specific race I was building up towards and I would kind of fill in the mileage on my own and that kind of thing and then that summer of 2014 I came back to Flagstaff to train for the 2014 U.S. Marathon champs and um, he kind of offered me a more official position on the team and so ever since then it's been kind of like I split time between now California but for four years um, Oklahoma and Flagstaff and very fortunate that he allows me and the team allows me to kind of do that and still be a member of the team even though I'm not here full-time. That's, I guess, kind of how I ended up here. <laughs> so what's it like splitting your time then? Because if I'm right, your girlfriend is when was in med school mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. Now she's doing her residency in L.A. Yes. So you're in Oklahoma like roughly half the year? I was, okay. yeah. It, it wasn't ever like month on, month off. Okay. Like month here, month. It would be more like the working backwards process, like, okay, here's a big race. I want to be in Flagstaff for six weeks before that. And Got then it. I'll have downtime and I'd go back and then pick another, like, far race further down the line and then work backwards. Um, so it's tough, kind of, I mean, being in a relationship with somebody and then leaving them for months at a time, but then also somewhat motivating as well because when I'm not in Flagstaff, I need to really make sure that I'm getting everything done or I'm going to come back to Flagstaff and just get worked by, you know, everybody. So I think it's a good, um, I mean, it definitely forces me to be a bit balanced, but it is tricky. But for the most part, I'm just fortunate that both my girlfriend and the team and Ben allow me to, to live kind of both these lives in different places. So... I think it's a good situation. And throughout both places, you always have your dogs with you, am I right? Yeah, I usually bring them. Um, sometimes I'll leave one, um, but right now I've been bringing two because residency is just such kind of intensive work schedule that right. one of them would be in the house for 80 hours a week, I guess, or <laughs> however, long, however long the residency work week is. So yeah, got got them out here right now. What are their names and what type of dog are they? Uh, what dogs are they? Their names are Lizzie and Murphy. We got Lizzie and Flagstaff like five years ago, I think. Um, she's just a mutt. We don't really know. She's kind of crazy looking. <laughs> she's got two different colored eyes. Pretty sure she's kind of like part wild animal. It's kind of like we joke about just releasing her back into Flagstaff and she'd probably be happier. And then our other dog we got when we moved to Oklahoma. Um, he's from the pound as well, but he's probably... He looks like a lab, but he's mm-hmm. definitely not a purebred. He's, but he's some sort of lab mix. Do you ever run with them, or they just hang yeah? Um, Lizzie's a really good runner. She really likes it. She'll go all day. Murphy, he's kind of big. Like he's not fat. He's just big. <laughs> and he like gets really, really excited to go run. But his threshold is like ten minutes. Okay. And then once he knows where he is, and he knows where the house is, he just he'll freeze and just. He won't let you go any further. He's 90 pounds, so it's like you can't, like, drag him any farther. So he's kind of a pain to run with. So <laughs> we kind of just take him on walks. Okay. And now that you're here in Flagstaff, you're staying in Kellen's 
house in her basement yeah. apartment am i right yeah. yeah so what's that like i've heard it's been fun with kylan yeah it's, yeah it's her daughter fun. yeah um they live in a really cool property they live in town but still on five acres so it's like this huge yard um almost like a farm or something and then they kyle her husband is kind of like an all-around handyman and built the basement into or finished the basement into an apartment um and then their daughter, this is her time, so she doesn't have school. So she's always coming down and visiting and playing games and stuff. And yeah, it's fun. Kind of like a little buddy. <laughs> Does she play with the dogs too? Because they already oh, have five she, dogs. Yeah, she yeah. loves dogs. She is, yeah, she's fearless with them. Like they'll be like in the heat of battle and she's just like standing right there. She, she's not phased at all. <laughs> That's great. Uh, oh, so going back to when you were at UCSB... You were teammates with Steph. You mentioned mm -hmm. that quickly. So what was that like when you were... Did you graduate the same year? No. no? Okay. Steph, I think, was a fourth year when I was a freshman. Okay. Third or fourth year. I can't remember. She okay. was usually two or three years ahead of me. Um, and so I didn't know... Like, I mean, we're... It was the same head coach, so, like, the programs are intertwined. But mm -hmm. um, I think... They had a really, really good girls team their fifth year. And I think Steph and, like, the top four girls decided to redshirt their fourth year so that their fifth year they could come back. And I think that was my – yeah, that was my sophomore. They ended up getting ninth at Nationals that year. Wow. So it was really, really cool. Um, and I definitely didn't know her as well as I do now because it was mm -hmm. kind of like I was the idiot freshman at the time. Um, and she was, like, really serious about it all. Um, so yeah, but it was like, I could definitely tell even from early on, like that she was very passionate about it and very committed and on top of it. Um, I think it took me a while to convince her that I eventually was kind of the same, <laughs> but I feel like for a little while I never really escaped her freshman, sophomore perception of me, but yeah, it was, it's cool. Like to see how well she's done and Ben, um, cause Ben went to Cal Poly, which is in our conference. Mm -hmm. and, Kind of, it was kind of fun because for a while we had we our conference is the Big West. It's all Division One schools, but it's not very well known or um, big for cross country or track. Um, but when we were all on the McMillan team, it was like half of the team was from the Big West conference. So it's wow. kind of like kind of funny that we all ended up in Flagstaff. And when you were looking at McMillan, did Steph being on the was Steph at the team at that point? She. She joined the summer. I came in the fall, and she came in the summer. Okay. Because uh, she was mm -hmm. in Eugene for a while after right. college. Mm -hmm. um, so that wasn't like I didn't. I mean, it was kind of cool. Like, okay, like there's gonna be two Santa Barbara people. Well, there's actually three because the girl I graduated with, Danielle Domenichelli, um, also joined the McMillan team. So there's actually three Santa Barbara people on the team. But yeah, it was it was like I mean it was cool, but it definitely wasn't like a. It wasn't a deciding factor. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was my question. Yeah. It was a deciding factor. Yeah. Actually, I didn't. I, knew, I think I knew she was moving to Flagstaff, but I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't know for sure if she was going to be on a team or not. But, Got it. Because I think, like, we actually, I think, joined the same year, but she was earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. And then what are the main differences between training under Greg McMillan and that group and then Northern Arizona Elite? And what's made each group great in its own ways? Um, it's a little. Greg's weeks were more structured as far as um, 
like Monday being a workout, Wednesday being a workout, Saturday being a long run, and that didn't change. Whereas bends are more kind of fluid, and it's depending on the workout, you get more days between, which both have their both of those have their pros and cons. With Greg, it was always okay. Like I know what to expect this week. I know what days are going to be hard. Like if I you know I just if I can get through Saturday, like I'll be okay. Um, and then whereas but then sometimes it might come up on you a little fast because you didn't recover enough in between or something like that. And then with Ben's being more kind of fluid and not necessarily on a seven day <coughs> week schedule. Um, it's nice because you kind of do get that. Like if you need the extra recovery, like it's kind of built in there. Um, in general though, a lot of the work is fairly similar because I feel like Ben is kind of a disciple of the Hanson's program and the McMillan program, having ran for Hanson's and worked for Greg. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this meld of Hanson's, McMillan, then Ben's own take on everything. So a lot of the workouts we'll, we do are s- similar to what we did with Greg, um, which is kind of nice to have that familiarity and background. Like when we go out to the hill circuits, it's almost the same circuit that we mm-hmm. did with Greg and say, okay, I know how to do these and know the effort and everything. So, um, there's, yeah, there's definitely similarities and I guess there's some differences, but when it kind of comes to coaching, kind of more of the mindset where I, I don't really delve into the why so much. I kind of just put the faith and trust in the coach and just do the work and then hopefully leads to success. So I haven't really, you know, picked through either and with a fine tooth comb or anything okay. like that. Nice. Oh, so why is your Twitter handle Scott and Ready? What's oh. the backstory <laughs> behind this? Uh, it's kind of a joke at first because I didn't really want to get Twitter, and that's kind of <laughs> part of Ben's. And it's fine now. Like, I totally get it, and it's something that I was very late to the game on, kind of having social medias to create your own brand. But um, when we lived here, there's we used to live really close to Little Caesars, and so I was getting a lot of hot readies. <laughs> and, they're really good and it's like so easy to just go pay five dollars and get a pizza and I'm just like whatever I'm just gonna call my Twitter Scott and, <laughs> and then I don't know people seem to like it but I mean I don't have that many followers but that first people are like oh that's good but maybe eventually I should change it to something more serious but or get a little yeah. Caesar sponsorship yeah yeah we tried Craig's, <laughs> Craig's tweeted out some stuff at them with like us with little Caesars boxes but they've actually responded or like retweeted or something but we haven't haven't got anything out of it yet. Ask Josh, your agent, yeah, yeah. to push for Josh, it. Josh, yeah. actually, I, I just, like, joke with him a lot with, about it, but he uh, obviously is a successful guy and invests in stuff, and he said he, him and his brother are actually thinking about investing in a Little Caesars franchise because apparently it's a really good business model. So, man, I definitely support them with my money. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do that, like, after running as a job. Yeah, like, Open yeah. a franchise, get yeah. a free pizza. Yeah, live <laughs> off that. <laughs> And I remember a couple weeks ago you were talking about how the price has gone up or the ki- the price has yeah, kind of I fluctuated. Yeah, I didn't realize that because in California, we now live right next to another little season where we live in LA. It's like less <laughs> than a quarter purpose? mile away. No, I, <laughs> it's just this place that worked out and then I realized after we moved in, I was like, oh my God, there's little Caesars like <laughs> two minute walk away. And then, so I went right before I came out here and it was five bucks. And then Ben, Bruce and I are probably like the... F- fast food, like, aficionados on the team, I guess. Uh-huh. Not to, like, that far of an extent, but, like, 
we definitely talk about the newest thing at Taco Bell and college <laughs> and stuff like that. So he he mentioned that it went up to six bucks. I didn't realize it the last time I went because I got I got a pizza there last weekend and they like upcharged me to get. I was like, oh, I'll try it. There's extra cheese or pepperoni and pepperoni on it, and I got a soda, and it was like nine bucks, and I just didn't even think like about how that all added up. And he's like, no, there there's six dollars now. You paid seven, so. I don't know. If that starts happening, I might have to, to jump off the bandwagon because the $5 is... I mean, $6 is still a great calorie-to-dollar ratio, but $5 is it's great. It's tough to beat that. So what are their favorite fast food places besides um, Little Caesars and like, um, Taco Bell and such? Taco Bell is... Well, I mean, I guess like all of like Del Taco was always a good one. Um, we used to go there at lunch in high school. And then um, Carl's Jr.'s um, the Big and Dill Western Cheeseburger has always been kind of my go-to, like, bad, like, I don't, I don't want to call it cheat meal because I don't feel bad about it, but like, <laughs> after a hard workout or something, if I don't feel like making anything, yeah, the Big and Western Cheeseburger is kind of my go-to. And then being from California, in and out is okay. very high on the list for me, mm-hmm. but I definitely understand that, like, not everyone loves it as much as people from California, I totally get that, but for me, it's kind of like comfort food and I'll try it now. I'll try not to eat as much since they're a lot more accessible. But yeah, when I was in Oklahoma and Arizona, I'd try and get it every time I went back. Nice. Then did you have the naked chicken chalupa at Taco Bell a couple months? No, ago? I definitely meant to get that, but oh. I heard they stopped serving at places. I just I missed the boat on that one. Okay. So I, I didn't get. I would have loved to try that. Something to look forward to in the future yeah. if they bring it back. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hope they do. Yeah, they try it. <laughs> nice. So we're just going to end with a couple wrap-up questions. Okay. I'm asking a couple people them. So first, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, probably probably cookies and cream or okay. cookie dough, but I think I get cookies and cream more often. A specific brand or just cookies and cream? No. It's just, yeah, I just really like Oreos. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. And if you were to be a pro athlete in any other sport, what sport would it be? And if it's a team sport, what team would you like to be on? Uh, basketball and the Los Angeles Lakers. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But when they were good. <laughs> with Kobe? Yeah, yeah, although I would never get the ball, but it would be nice. But with Kobe and Shaq, that would be fun. Okay. At least if I'm on the bench, I had a front row seat to watch that. <laughs> I saw on your Twitter, you mentioned something about, you said you were going to buy road tickets to Kobe's last game. Oh, yeah. Did I, you do that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Was it fun? It was cool, yeah. It was in Oklahoma City, and it's kind of, I don't know. Funny story, I guess. I was watching. The Lakers were so bad that year. And my girlfriend is kind of like, if she hears this, she's going to upset like a bandwagon Golden State fan. And the Lakers were playing Golden State on a Sunday. <laughs> they only had like 10 wins that season or something. And I was just like super excited. And I was drinking some beers watching the game. And at halftime, I like, I was like, if the Lakers win this game, I'm buying tickets to Kobe's last. Because I, I knew on the schedule of Kobe's last road game was going to be against the Thunder and we're in Oklahoma City and I was like I'll buy tickets to that to that game and then sure enough Lakers end up winning and I was just like alright I guess we gotta do it so I bought it and it was cool the, the crowd was really cool like I kind of got it he didn't play the fourth quarter at all he was having a decent game but they gave, showed him a lot of respect and started chanting Kobe near the end so it was cool like despite being an overwhelmingly obviously Thunder crowd they were still respectful of what he's accomplished in the game and everything so it was fun to go to i would really like to go to his last 
Laker game because he right. ended up scoring 60 points, which is crazy. But got to take it where you can get it. <laughs> yeah. And what is your pet peeve or what are some of your pet peeves? Um, man. Sure, I know I have just like randomly hypothetically asked myself this before. And I know I have them, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. I probably more like cause people's pet peeves because I'm really disorganized and messy. So I think I like cause a lot of Nicole's pet peeves to go off. But um, yeah, my pet peeves are like probably her complaining about her pet peeves when I break them. <laughs> And if you were to eat 10,000 calories of a food in one day, it had to be the same food. Oh, like, okay. you couldn't do a whole Little Caesars meal. It could be, like, just the pizza or just, okay. like, a soda. What would it be? Yeah, that's a lot of calories. Yeah. Pizza would be a good option, but could it be, like, hamburgers? Mm -hmm. that count? But it have to be the same hamburger. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't go, like, hamburger cheeseburger. So I could get, oh, man. What about like hamburger and fries or just hamburger? Mm -mm. Okay. Maybe ice cream. I think you can get up there pretty quick. <laughs> would you calories. do cookies and cream? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a good way to go. Okay. That'd be sick. But <laughs> Literally? Yeah. <laughs> I think anything getting 10,000 calories, but maybe on a hot day doing ice cream would be the way to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to end with what is your favorite team memory with NAZ Elite? Probably the trials. Just the... I guess both of them. Everyone thinking that we had a chance to make the team um, and that being kind of the first Olympic trials that the team had existed for um, was a really cool experience um, for me and I, I think the team as well. And Although we didn't put anyone on the team, I, I would like to think that we hopefully kind of set the tone for the spring moving forward. Um, yeah, and it just was a real... For me, it was a really fun race because I'm... Was kind of local to the area, so there's mm -hmm. a lot of friends and family out there. Probably one of the few people that kind of enjoyed the location since it ended up being so hot and everything. But yeah, that was really cool just to see Ben super excited and then going kind of meeting all the Hoka people at the at the bar afterwards and just everyone's just being so excited for what had just happened. Even though we hadn't put anyone on the team, I think we definitely kind of raised the level of the program a little bit that day. So I was. Uh, that's probably my, my favorite memory. That's it for today. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon.